0: For the opportunity to be in your presence today, lifting up holy hands, Lord, without fear and without doubting. We know right now that there are Christians who don't have this privilege, and we pray for them around the world, those who are persecuted, the underground church. In nations where they have false gods running those countries. And we ask you for your mercy in these areas that the gospel would increase even though they are persecuted. And we thank you for the freedom that we have to exercise our voices today in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well the church in this nation is trying to be persecuted. We're being intimidated. Into changing the Word of God. And there are many who are changing the Word of God or not speaking forth what needs to be spoken. And so God has ordained a ministry of believers to uh combat that or to uh, carry the gospel message so we're going to talk about the ministry of the believer today I know we talk about it in bits and pieces off and on but I thought I would start the year off with you by just solidifying uh, the ministry of the believer because I believe that this year will be a year where God will uh, begin to use believers who want to be used those who will study to show themselves approved unto God who'll pay the price for it even if it's just a little corner of the gospel i believe whatever truth you have in here in you god will begin to uh cause that truth to be heard uh, by people among you so we we really really want to uh stay sensitive to what the promptings of the spirit of god are from different times time to time. Last year, remember, we were in a year of great fortune or misfortune, And so God began to warn us that we would have to stay faithful to him and stay close to him if we were going to survive 2013. Because it's a, a year where, and I've seen people uh, that have been faithful for years uh, become deceived. And because they don't stay close to God. they See, there's a time when the Bible says God winked at their sin because of their immaturity. When God starts to teach you and starts to give you knowledge, that comes with a responsibility to live that knowledge out. Uh, you can't continue to, uh, you know, I think about it as... The difference between having a place at the dinner table to going around and begging for everybody's food, you know how toddlers are when they first start getting up walking around, you can't stop them from doing stuff. then when they get older, they see everybody has can go grab off the you know serving plates and stuff like that, and they want their spot at the table when you get mature, you see you've got something coming you're not a beggar anymore. And so I think about people who, who kind of uh, live on the edge. They Instead of full obedience, they always want to hold something back. You know, well, I'm not going to do all of what God expects of me. You know, I have to have something for me. You know, like what? And so if you've given all to Jesus, he'll come and claim everything one day. I remember uh, uh, listening to somebody saying they... Uh, they were told by God to give something away to somebody and how they struggled with it, and I thought to myself, I said, "Well, struggle with what and and the God said it's because they don't release everything he said when you when you first accept me as savior, that's the deal. I give you everything, you give me everything you know it's like a real good marriage." Not the kind that people get involved in on earth, but a real good one. Yeah, you know, A good marriage to a good husband and a good wife. It's like that. And so when people withhold things and they struggle, it's because they've never really released everything to him. They still think that what they have belongs to them. And so, and it doesn't, it really belongs to God. And so I, I thought to myself, I said, God, I thank you that I don't give a second thought. When, he, when I get a thought to give something, God doesn't have to twist my arm. It's, it's in my heart to give, you know. And so I'm thankful for that, that there's a release immediately and I don't have to arm wrestle God for something that belongs to him. To me, that's just so crazy. Maybe he hasn't asked me to give away the right thing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> my my jewels are already spoken for. I know who I'm going to give them to. I told him, I said, don't let them put me in that box with them rings on my hand. I'll take them off. Y'all have some good sense, okay? Funeral people will be there at the end of the day, you know, before the sun goes down. When we go throw the dirt on her when y'all leave. <sighs> You know. Take everything that's earthly off of me. <laughs> Just do my nails right, you know. <laughs> so to speak. But I'm pumped. but anyway. <laughs> but believers are gonna gonna have the, the the uh power. They have it now. I think what, what believers need is to come alive and awake to these things. Because they lie dormant in us many times because of our um, uh, focus, I think, on other things. But I believe in 2013, God prepared us to focus on him more. I've heard, uh, I can't tell you, when I've heard more people say, we need to get back to what we used to do. We need to get back to the, you know, I can remember... When we would travel and what we do that now but we travel and pray but more and more people over the years drop out because the travel gets too much or when are we going to stop this or when can I just sit home or when can I have a Saturday off or when you know that kind of thing. But I've heard more and more people saying, you know what, I would like, I love the days when all we did wanted to do was go anywhere we could to hear the word, to hear something to encourage us to continue, encourage us to fight, encourage us to understand who we were in Christ and what we were called to do, all that. And so I've heard more people in the last year express the desire to get back to the days of you know if if a fly went past you you bound it you know you you just you hit everything you swung at everything but you know you you start to to focus your aim a little bit better but you were alert and awake to the things of of god and alert and awake to the things that the enemy's doing because many people now are saying where was the church when you know uh, homosexuals were getting all these rights and lobbying and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, where was the church? Well, the church is where it's supposed to be. The ones who hear from God are doing the work of the ministry. We're doing the prayer. The church is usually the unseen force. In the earth. And we've got to know the difference. What you see visibly on television and all this kind of stuff, that ain't the church many times. That is not the body of believers that God called out. The Bible talks about a remnant of people being saved from each generation that that as they go astray and they go they hit the broad way again, there are some that still force themselves through the narrow way and still want to go on with God. The Bible says few people there are that find it the narrow way, so come on now, this is not the mainstream of most christians this is This is the remnant type of people who know how to stay faithful to God who know how to not crab and complain when they don't get everything that they're begging for like they need more stuff you know the the real church the real bride knows that she needs more of Jesus, she doesn't need more of anything else. It's just like women when they're married. Well, honey, when are you going to spend time with me? If you don't spend time with her, you gonna hear it. I don't care. I don't care if you' sitting right there, you know. And and that's that's the way it is in a relationship. The things are not important. It's the relationship. How much time do you spend with me? You know, men will run out and do what they do. I don't know what they be doing. I used to tell my husband that. I say you say you're going to work, you know you just got to keep it on edge a little bit. It's female, well, and no, I won't even go there this time. That is female trick number one hundred though that's a that's a gimme right there, you know, but uh you want to you want to have that fellowship, that closeness, that relationship. Women can tell when men are being distant, and they get alarmed by that. So they're very sensitive to those those things. You know, uh, one of the things that that women have to to fine tune is attention and who they give it to, and, and balance it between husband and children. Oftentimes, when children come, husbands go run out and play because you don't even notice they're gone. So you got to keep your eye. You know, it's like like uh, I used to tell Nola, she had like three little ones toddlers running and she had one eye over here and I said "No, how you do your eyes like that I said you watch one kid over in the left side of the room and another one over the right side of the room but them eyes be rolling she be talking to you writing stuff down them eyes be rolling around she be keeping an eye on them you gotta do the same thing with the spouse can you let that rascal have too much freedom Amen. that old joke that how do you keep your wife barefoot and pregnant ba ba yeah, right. We understand what I'm saying. Keep her busy, I can run off and do what I want to do. So, uh, but you know, there's there's that aspect. I know it's an old joke, but it still works, right? Whatever. Oh, where was I? trying to keep y'all awake and alive here, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the unseen. <laughs> right. Anywho let us get back to to the the basics, but anyway, then it is important our relationship with God very important it's always important, but there are times when it's more important uh, when there are things the enemy's power starts to press in on the church we haven't seen it press in like beating down the doors of the church like it is now, uh, trying to force Uh, holy people to do profane things. This is not right. And so we have to have people who fight back. We have to have people that pray and fight. We have to have people fight in the courts. We have to have people on all levels. And so we we need to stay attentive to God so he can marshal these forces and call them up when necessary and we as a church have to look for victory we can't sit around with the complainers and the whiners and talk about all that's wrong with everything we are people of, of faith and people of courage and we have a vision and our vision is always victorious Isn't we know the thoughts and the plans that God has for us and so we, we know that God has victory for us and that's why we we continue to stand on our watch and fight these battles. So anyway, in Mark chapter 16, if you'll turn there, where uh, the Holy Spirit describes the um, uh, believer's ministry. Verse 15, uh, he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He's talking to all believers here. Everybody that hears this and embraces it. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned or will be judged against. Now we're not talking here necessarily about eternal damnation because it's up to to Jesus to decide that. But there's a judgment against you if you refuse the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I think people need to understand that. That that's not something that God takes lightly. Remember Jesus said blasphemy of the holy, against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Holy Spirit is very sensitive. When he forgives you, he continues to work with you. If he doesn't forgive you, he won't continue to work with you you got me and so i can remember being intimidated by crazy religious people and god had been working with me in the anointing and i sensed that he didn't talk to me about it much after that so you know certain things would happen and i wouldn't step out with him and i had to repent and learn how to listen to god And talk to God and I got the impression that God was saying, now listen, if are you going to work with me or not? You know, it was one of them kind of things. And so I began to understand that the anointing didn't come on you and you pass it up. And you continue to do that. You continue to say no. You know, that kind of thing. You don't have that liberty with God. And so I began to take it much more seriously and I began to realize then I needed some development in my soul to resist thoughts of intimidation and resist thoughts that maybe this wasn't the right, resist that kind of stuff, and learn how to, to work with God as the sovereign God so that He could get some work out of me and help some people. You know, that's what I was here for. And so, you know, we all want to work for God when there's no work to do. God, I love you. I'll do anything. You know the I'll do anything prayers. We've all said them. But then when there's work to do, we always got something else. And so we have to, when you're mature, you quit doing that. We talk about the prodigal and his brother, the older brother, who was mad because the kid got a party, but he he was mad because he was the one being faithful and working hard. How would you like it if you were faithful and worked hard and, and all that kind of stuff? And then all of a sudden this kid that's that's been bad all the time now, I'd be mad, too and it said the older brother was coming in from the field when he heard the party he right in the midst of working hard and he hears all this going on for this no good younger brother of his and so there's there's a point where as believers we have to be busy uh doing what god has called us to do that's that's just a sign of maturity that we are there doing the father's will we talked about Uh, chasing donkeys you know that's an example of that or Saul was found being faithful uh, in what he was called to do and so we have to stay there in that place of faithfulness until God because God knows where to find us then but when we tell him we're going to do something we have to stay open to do it and so he says and these signs shall follow those who believe so there are signs to follow What believers when you are doing uh, the ministry that God gave you to do. These signs shall follow. In my name they will cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. Take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing it will not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now that's all one sentence folks. You don't have a deliverance ministry. And no healing ministry. Now come on folks that ain't the Holy Ghost why would he be so caught up in devils and not be able to heal people that's just a thought people think when they speak in tongues that means that they can do everything you have to learn how to do all of these things you have to learn the Holy Spirit will teach you but he will often lead you to humans who can impart knowledge to you as well five fold humans who can impart knowledge to you he won't have you with a little coven of, of little witches somewhere and y'all conjuring up some kind of bibbity bobbity boo ministry. It ain't like that. You'll have authority over wickedness. You'll have authority to protect yourself and your family from sickness, death, disease, accidents, everything. You know, people say things like, well, uh, I'm active in the pro-life movement and I know the devil's out. No, he's not after you for that. And how dare you think he's after you because of what you do? He's just after people, period. And one thing you want to be careful about is you don't give him permission to be after you with your mouth. I remember that testimony. I think it was Miriam Hellman gave that testimony on one of her tapes. <laughs> she, she said that she was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. How did she meet this lady? I think one of her daughters was, was in her home with a, a couple, couple that she knew and uh, she came down and she, this is the first time she met them and they were just chatting and she was saying that she was they asked her oh this is your mom she's the one who's the minister blah this blah that and so they were just you know curious well what are you well, you you know, are you working on anything? She said, "Well, yes. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm working on." And she told him she was writing, uh, researching something. And and they one question after another leads him into, "Well, I'm curious about this." So the mother tells her this story. She said, "This is something I've always been curious about." She said, "I have two children." She said, "And my son, we pray for him all the time." He said he's had one problem after another. He's done this and done that. He, you know, he's been in jail. he's has <laughs> on drugs. He's just a mess. And they said, we were just thinking about this. She said, we have a daughter that because she she's okay, we don't spend much time praying for her. Hmm. He takes up so much time of our time. We don't have time much for her. and And so... As Miriam was speaking to them, she noticed something, and she told them. She said, "Well, she said it's important what you release over your children, what you release from your spirit, what's what's in there that you're speaking out of. When you speak these things, you can be praying. If you're not praying faith and you're praying fear, yeah." So she she told the woman and her husband, she said, why don't you do this? She said, why don't we, for 30 days, don't pray anything for your son? But just get up every day and praise the Lord. Thank him that your son is obedient. Thank him for your son. Just worship God and praise God. Don't say anything specific. Just worship him. And in two weeks, the son had started coming back to church. In a month, he had recommitted his life to the Lord. And she explained to them the difference between faith and fear. When they, she said, when you've been going to God, you've probably been going to him in fear. She said, when you praise God, that releases faith like nothing else does. That's why, that's why you feel so good when you praise God. That's why you get that release of confidence about you when you praise God. It, that's how you you generate the Spirit of God around you. And you get his presence close to you. And that reassurance that comes with faith in God comes to you that way. So it's extremely important what you release in your prayer. I know how to when, I, when I'm praying fearful about something or overly concerned i know how to shut my mouth shut it down go get in the word until i feel confident about it and then start talking god had to teach me those things i don't speak out of every spirit that i sense coming toward me because when you start doing that you start to release your confidence in the enemy staying strong and wreaking havoc in your life and some people don't know the difference Some people just do not know the difference. I was watching the 700 Club and this woman was on with her testimony about when she had her second child. She died. Just boom. You know, and they had to give her C-section, get the baby, and they were talking about all the people that prayed for her. And her husband said, "Well, we, well, you know, our family was in the delivery room, and blah, this, blah, this." at the end of all of this, she comes back through these people's prayers. At the end of all this, she said, "Well, I work in the pro-life movement, and I've prayed for years to have a safe delivery because I knew the devil would try something." You got me? You can't know anything like that and pray in faith. So, what she was doing instead of putting herself over in confidence, because number one, God's not going to tell you anything like that. He doesn't tell you the devil, you're a big target for the devil because you do something for him. That's not God speaking to you. It's nothing but a, a prideful intellect trying to figure out a strategy of the devil. He'll kill anybody. He kills drug addicts, kills prostitutes, he kills innocent children, he kills, period. You're not a bigger target because you work for God. You're a smaller target because you walk in protection of God. If you will walk in it. Don't make yourself a big target because you think what you're doing is so important and unique for God. There have been important and unique people for eons. And they walked in humility. And they walked in confidence that god was their protector they thanked him for the protection and went on about their merry way you got me so if you want to live protected by god you have to humble yourself to him and don't exalt yourself in any way you know and so i'm thinking to myself well for somebody who prayed all that for all that time she sure had a difficult time she wound up having to depend on somebody else's prayers after all you see what i'm saying and so these are the things we have to be careful about, folks. You can, in a prideful manner, exalt the enemy to the point where you got confidence, more confidence in what the enemy can do than what God can do. Keep it in its right place. You know, keep it holy, keep it right. So anyway, they'll take up serpents. And that doesn't mean the snake handling is, is biblical. I'm telling you. If they drink any deadly thing it won't hurt them. Doesn't mean to put a little arsenic in all your drinks just to prove you got God. This is this is what we call tempting God or putting him to a foolish test. This is why Jesus rebuked Satan in Luke chapter 4 when Satan told him if you are the son of God do this. See that's tempting the Lord to protect you in a foolish test. You don't you don't get yourself in a foolish test to see if God's there. We know he's there by faith. You don't have to have some kind of sign to say that God's with you or he's helping you or something like that. You don't need that. So you don't go in the Bible and pull out these scriptures and start to test God to see if he's going to be with you. Or see if if you can't handle a snake you're not saved. You know you're saved by faith. Not signs. I'll say it again. We're, we're saved by faith. Not signs. Signs follow our works and our words. But signs do not save us. So Peter. Uh, I'm sorry. So in, in Mark chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. We see the believers ministry being described so we as believers will do all these things if you never cast out a devil if you can pray for the sick and god heals them you've done what god wants you to do When you pray for the sick, demons leave too. So you know what I'm saying. You take authority over when you bind and loose. In your prayers, you take authority over wicked spirits. So that's what that really means. That means that you'll have authority over all the works of darkness over all demons and all devils and you exercise proper authority when it's needed got me so you don't try to make up devils and you don't try to find them or conjure them up the holy's you know them by revelation you got me you know them by revelation I remember going to a a meeting one time a women's meeting and I was the uh, I think I was a guest I don't even know. usually sometimes things would happen I they asked me to be a hostess that's how I started at the first women's uh women's organization that I worked with and um I was a hostess and I was always, you know, wanting to make sure everybody felt comfortable at the table and everything. And they knew everything. So it worked out well. And, and so, but I remember being a guest at another chapter of the same organization. And so I just, I thought, I said, well, I can relax. I don't have to take care of anybody <laughs> I have to do anything. And so I, I sat down and, and this lady across from me started to, to, say that she didn't feel well so i didn't say anything because that wasn't my meeting these other women take care of that stuff you know i'm not the guest speaker i'm just a guest sitting here and so (laughs) so little by little she her eyes start rolling back first then her, you know she started twitching us oh my goodness so it (laughs) is so i start praying in the holy ghost rule number one when you see a manifestation coming, you better get strong on the inside of you so you know what to do and don't be in the flesh trying to do something. And so, so anyway, I started praying the Holy Ghost. And then a couple of the ladies that knew me started looking at me. They did what I did. You know what I'm saying? And so we all prayed in the Holy Ghost. And, and so uh, one of the women laid hands on her. Now, I don't believe in just reaching over with people especially when they manifested you got me even though I know that there's protection and special faith I do things by unction and so she laid hands on the woman and I felt to join in simply because I didn't want her to be overpowered you know some say, how honey honey." this one of them things you know you get yourself in trouble with them honey let me Comfort you things but anyway you know we live in a wicked world you know that's what i'm trying to stress to you you do everything by the leading of the spirit bible tells you lay hands on nobody suddenly nev- neither be partakers of their sins that's how you partake of the wrong thing Amen. young people like to you sit too close to each other in church i make boys and women and men sit a seat apart be jammed up there like sardines. You know, you, you, you don't do that. You, contact and, and tr- transmission by, by physical contact is how the anointings transferred. It's how every spiritual, that's how the spiritual word works, folks, by words and by touch. And so anyway, I went over and I stood over the woman and, and laid my hands on her shoulders. And we began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And that's all we did and that thing started to subside and let go of her and release her and so there will be times where God will have you speak to these things in authority and and cast them out and there may be times where just an infusion of God's power will help people Especially believers, a lot of times believers get devils and get Luke lo- because they live on both sides of the street. You got me over here and and, and tangling up with the neighbors and with the kids and in the flesh a lot. And they pick up strife and and contention and things like, and anger and all that kind of stuff. They'll pick that junk up, and then the, you know, and and then all it takes really is an infusion of the Holy Spirit to build their spirit up, and their spirit can resist those things. And so you do what god leads you to do but if he drops a name on you you call that thing out of them and make sure it leaves you know and knows that you know it's there and again gets exposed properly and so anyway it says they shall lay hands on the sick and sick people recover when believers lay hands on them now uh you may not see it instantly but have confidence that they will recover don't sit there and doubt your work and do it over and over again and try to make something happen you you pray for them you release them into god's care to heal you can't heal nobody so you you allow god to work in them his healing virtue and his healing power you'll come back later talk, talk to them a week later and they're better talk to them you know all that kind of stuff in the area where we would go and uh uh for our miracle bus in cleveland where we pass out bread there are people that would come out there in wheelchairs they're walking now you understand what i'm saying amen because god heals people when you pray for them all you have to do is offer to pray for these people, and the doors is pretty much automatically open. Everybody wants off a cane and out of a wheelchair. I don't care who they are. And so we you see that on a regular. God heals them. So some of them get healed, get out that chair right away. Some of them, I and I'll tell people, I said, well, you know when it's time. God will let you know, honey. You will know when it's time to let that cane go. You'll know when it's time to get out of that wheelchair. And they will, because when you're healed, you know it. So So anyway, (laughs) um, so that's the believer's ministry. So this is what God is calling people to do. Here you got a Long Island medium telling people only about dead things. You don't see her heal anybody. You don't see her do anything. This is, and people flock to people like that because they're hungry for the supernatural. The church has the ability or, or potential ability to do these things, but we sit and whine about everything all the time whiners are not doers they're whiners and so they'll kill whatever activity anybody else wants to do I've seen it happen you, if you're a believer and you start believing the word and you want to step out and do some stuff you'll have 15 people tell you why it won't work so you need to get around people of like precious faith so you won't get talked out of doing everything God wants you to do you know go where your kind are you know what I mean your kind Weird like you, Amen. <laughs> crazy like you, Amen. <laughs> wild like you. That's that's the people. Well, so anyway, <clears throat> the the ministry of believers. All believers start out the same way. In Acts chapter two, we'll start. We'll see the beginning of the church and the beginning of the believers' ministry. Now you'll see it on an apostle but there were many 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 believers who did the acts of the apostles and really when the book of acts of the apostles should be acts of the church and not just the apostles because they were the heads of the church under Jesus they were the sent ones to get things rolling but this same power fell on believers or they would not have been able to turn the world upside down just with 12 men you got me and so Peter this is right after the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them on the day of Pentecost they were all in one accord in one place, wanting God. I can tell you, the devil's kingdom works very well because they're all on one accord. You get people together who want to take drugs, if anybody doesn't want to take them, pretty soon they'll be taking them. You got me? Because they just thought they were curious, but by the time they leave there, they're going to be just as high as everybody else in that room. And so we have to realize the power and authority that's in unity. And uh, uh, Peter starts by interpreting what the events that are taking place here. Interpretation is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Got me? It's not listed uh, separately. It's listed as tongues and interpretation. But it can also be interpretation of dreams. It can also be interpretation of signs. It can be interpretation of any kind of spiritual happening. has to have an understanding and an interpretation to it. You can't guess at this stuff. Verse 14. Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all you who dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and listen to my words. You've got to have God's authority to command that kind of. For these are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. This is the interpretation leading. This is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. and I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord shall come and it will come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord in that day shall be saved why is that possible? because of the activity of the Holy Spirit in the earth it's easy to get people saved In this dispensation. Because of the outpour of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. It will come to pass. That my presence and my spirit. Will be on anybody and everybody who believes no more just the prophet the priest the king no more just selected individuals but everybody who believes in the name of the Lord shall be saved and so it'll be a time when people will be able to preach the gospel others will hear and they will be saved and they will be raised up and they will come uh, uh, to the presence of the Lord Not to people anymore, not to a denomination, not to anything like that. But people will come to the presence of the Lord. So Peter here preaches the gospel in a nutshell. He goes on to talk about Jesus and he's talking about men of Israel. So he's talking to the Jews. The Jew had to be explained inch by inch, precept upon precept, who Jesus was because they needed to know they missed him got me and they could still repent and could still receive the Lord and so you'll see this over and over Stephen preached the same way many of them would start with the Old Testament with the patriarchs and the prophets and bring it up to their present day to show how Jesus was prophesied got into the earth who their forefathers were all that stuff they began to put it together for them so they could know for a fact that Jesus was the Messiah so he preaches the gospel in a nutshell your nutshell of the gospel may be different. Everybody teaches according to their own knowledge and their own experience. But the gospel does get preached. And so Peter then uh, begins to show them from, from the beginning of time how God ordained that Christ would come. And how the prophets had foretold about him. And this time is here. Many people don't want to hear that the time is here. Because that compels you to make a decision that forces you to do some kind of action. We all want to talk about what's supposed to come. Uh, you'll hear all these people, "Oh, revival, God show me revival's going to come. It's always to the city where they live, only. you know, God'll send His spirit everywhere. Folks, He wants revival to break out in every town. He doesn't want you to just have a corner on it. And people always want to control what God is supposed to have control over, it never fails. And then when revival comes, they don't know what to do. They start fighting over that. Well, God's had several visitations, where you know you'll see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in worship and praise and and healings and stuff like that. Before you know it, the leadership have fallen out about it, and they we we they all want to put it on their website as being the only place where you can find God. You know what I'm saying? That kind of nonsense. So it's their people are always going to mess stuff up. But um, here we see uh, Peter. Giving an interpretation as a believer. This is not just an apostle speaking. But these are the kinds of things that believers are expected to do. The main difference between a fivefold level of anointing. And a believer's level. Is the degree of anointing. The degree degree of drawing power. On somebody determines the level. You got me? We, do, we all do the same things. If I'm going to go and preach to somebody. I've got to preach under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And get them convinced that Jesus Christ is real just like you have to. If I'm going to pray for somebody and see him recover, I've got to believe that God is with me and that he's anointed me to lay hands on the sick and he will make sure that they recover. I've got to believe the same things that you believe. Just because I say I'm a minister, sometimes that helps me, sometimes it doesn't. You know understand what I'm saying, I tell people the truth I'm not going to lie about it or or try to go in with deception because then that would interfere with the Holy Spirit's ability to use me so I tell the truth I say I'm a christian and and you know i'm I want to pray for you or a Christian I'm a minister I want to pray for you sometimes saying you're a minister opens doors for you at a greater level, but if you were a believer there and somebody was in need, they would respond to you just like they respond to me. And so Peter's first uh, unction comes at a believer's level. He gets the gift of interpretation. This is very important to have. We've got so much misinformation out here about the things of God. There's more screwed up information than there is legitimate revelation. You want legitimate revelation from God. You don't want to get some hand-me-down something. Or something you know you conjure up because you, you want to believe that God's helping you with things, you, you've got to get it straight from God. And so, Peter sees a confusion here, and then God gives him the answer to dispel the confusion. And he gives the interpretation that as people look upon these believers, they assume carnal things. And when you're a spiritual person, you're obligated to. To clear things up by getting a spiritual answer for people. You can't let people walk around in darkness. You can't let them think these people are drunk. You would have had the whole church thrown in jail first day. And they hadn't done anything. And so then Peter begins to give the interpretation. That opens the door for people to start to receive the gospel. And you start to see the same activity repeated over and over and over again with the believers. All because of one man's interpretation. See this thing could have died right there on the spot because of bad press. You never let the the works of the Holy Spirit get mocked. You never allow them to be misunderstood. You never allow. This is the believer's responsibility, folks. You can't wait on a preacher to come and tell people that you're looking at this in a carnal way. And you, as a believer, need to learn how to step up to the plate when people are misunderstanding the work of God. You, as a believer, that's your God. You know him. You know what the Holy Spirit does. And if you don't, you need to get over in the spirit where you can pick up these things from God. You got me? A lot of misunderstanding. That's why you see a lot of Christians. I see people, even in the ministry, I see people on Facebook. They just talk about worldly stuff because they don't know anything spiritual. You can just, you could at least put a scripture on there. You know what I'm saying instead said talking about all these people in the music world and seeing worldly songs and all this kind of stuff. Put something on there. Put a scripture on there start with John 3:16. I'm going to bless you guys with John 3:16 today. This is how my my life started in God and I have a great life in God. Join me. Pray John 3:16. You understand what I'm saying? You could it's very simple to lead people to Christ. So don't continue to stay over on that side in the carnal side. We don't care about your family. We love you you care about your family but most people could care less about you know your daughters that went off to college this week and how much it cost and how much you miss them i mean that's all wonderful but people are looking for life they're looking for things that are going to help their lives they're they're desperate for a word from god and sometimes people will pick up what you have on there so that they will know more about the god that you say you serve but you got to talk about him believers you got me i'm trying to get people out of this rut of thinking that there's no interest in the things of god you know i mean the devil almost got the church convinced that nobody's interested in god anymore and people are very interested in god but they got to find somebody that knows him and knows what to tell them about him so that's a believer's ministry. We know God. God you've given me a mandate to tell these people about you. And I want to go out and do it. Fill my mouth with words. I'll open it. Just put some words in there. You got me? And so when, when we do these things. We do them by inspiration. What the word calls inspiration. Inspired speaking. Is God breathe speaking. God breathed. Write that down. That means God you took time with him to let him breathe on you a message. He breathed on you a message. You spend time in the Word. You got revelation from the Word. Sometimes you'll find that what you read in the Bible earlier that week, you get to repeat it to somebody. You know, you thank God for the fact. Oh, God, I'm so glad I spent time in that Word today. Well, think if we spent that much time every day, how much we would have to tell the world. You got me? It's that simple. It's that simple. And so I believe God's waiting on believers to get it together. Quit trying to be famous. And just be of no reputation. Like your boss was. Be of no reputation. You're not there. People aren't looking because they like you. They're looking for food. They are looking for food. Believers must know the Holy Spirit. You've got to know the Holy Spirit. Before we used to let people like Moses and the children of Israel, we'd let Benny Hinn know the Holy Spirit and then we went to his meeting so we could have fun, play around in it, you know? Or some of us actually took the sick so that they could get healed. But, you know, it's real easy to let somebody else pay the price to get to know God and we just, you know, talk about him, name drop. Oh, I went to Benny's meetings, you know, talk talk about him like he's your brother or something. You understand what I'm saying? It's always that way. But it's going to stop being that way. Because the early church started out with all believers doing the works of God. And so we, we need to, as believers, start to step out and do the works of God. Miss Donna in Cleveland uh, started out passing out bread. We would give her the extra bread for her building as she lived in, we'd always taken bread there. And, and so when, when uh, she volunteered to make sure it got to different people's rooms, she would start doing it. And there were times where they have kind of overwhelmed her. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to get all of this around. And so we managed to find her a cart in the building. And she stuck with it and stuck with it. Now they call her the bread lady, but they also call her the prayer lady. They call her their minister. There's so many people gotten healed from her. God's healed from her praying for them and they'll when she comes in they say oh don't go yet i need my prayer you understand what i'm saying they ask for and and that ministry starts out of this is the believer's ministry folks those people she's in a building where there are a lot of people retired people elderly people there are a lot of people on social security disability type and everybody in there needs prayer you got me and so she goes through and makes sure she prays for everybody if they have visitors she would pray for all the visitors in the room you understand what i'm saying that's the believers ministry now there's no reason for me a pastor shirley to have to run over there and do that if she's there she that's why she's there god positioned her there so that she can pray for these people And so this is how this stuff starts, folks. You start doing good like Jesus did. You start reaching people. You start asking them. And don't be offended. He died to to offense and died to rejection a long time ago. You see. You you have to consider yourself of no reputation. You got me? And just do things by unction. So you have to know the Holy Spirit. These things are God breathed. They're not step by step Memorize something and go out and do it This is God breathed stuff We must be intimate with And sensitive to the Holy Spirit You have to make him your friend Don't offend him Don't get a distant relationship from him And don't get mad at God Because you didn't get something He ain't Santa Claus okay? People are more forgiven of Santa Claus Than they are toward God You didn't get what you wanted last year, you try them again this year. There are people that leave the church and don't come back for years. You see what I'm saying? Give Santa Claus a second chance. (laughs) So, this relationship begins with the baptism in the Holy Spirit with evidence. When something, when you receive something, there's evidence just like with water baptism your evidence is you're wet that's how you know you get baptized in water isn't that the truth you don't stay wet but you do stay with Christ it's an outward demonstration of your inward commitment to Christ you are washed now you're not going to go back and sin anymore <clears throat> So we have to be intimate and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The evidence is that we speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. We can do it whenever we want to. We can allow him to utter through us whenever we want. So many people get this goofed up, you know, their denominations that'll teach you. You can't you can't do this whenever you want to. Now he'd have to make you do it, you know, that kind of stuff. Instead of getting in their Bible and understanding. There's so many traditions that are handed down that are ignorant, you know, they're just not Bible based. So each generation has to clear up certain misunderstandings as they get revelation from God. The Holy Spirit uh, baptism. We speak with new tongues. The ministry of the believer, however, is much more than speaking in tongues. It's speaking in tongues that will edify you. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us is that as we speak in tongues, we build up our faith to do the works of God. It's so important to understand. You, your faith can be on neutral almost. And you pray in tongues for 25-30 minutes, half hour, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes not long at all. And you get built up to the point where you can hear God's voice. The Holy Spirit has the ability to lie dormant. In your life until he's activated, until he's asked to get involved in a greater way. And so it's good to know these things, how to build yourself up spiritually. Another way to build yourself up is study, reading, and meditating on the word. Build yourself up through prayer. Prayer in the Holy Spirit, prayer of the word builds you up. All of these activities build you up. But praying in the spirit does something that praying in your English does not do. And this is where your Baptist friends will want to tell you they got what you got. And then you know you have something more but you don't know how to explain it to them. You got me? You'll argue with them and tell them. Well you got to have this. <laughs> I got more to hear. What this does. Praying in the Holy Spirit according to Jude. I think it's 12 or 13. Builds up your most holy faith. A Baptist has no clue what that means. I got faith. No this builds your most holy faith. Oh. What's that? I thought you'd never ask. Most holy faith is the faith to do the works of God. To do the works of God just like Jesus did them. Most holy faith is needed to perform Acts 10.38. How Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with them to somebody who doesn't pray in tongues when you mention the devil they have no concept of who he is that's why a lot of people you see these polls and surveys of what christians believe a lot of them don't believe there's a devil because they're not baptized in the spirit they're not in uh, immersed enough in the presence of god to see what god sees So your most holy faith allows you to see what God sees, to hear what God hears, and perform the works of Jesus just like God wants him to perform. It's a total package of immersion in the spirit of God to the degree that you are as Christ would be in the world. You have the whole package. You got me? And so this is what allows the believer to get totally over in the realm of the spirit. So they take on the full mantle of Christ. They take on the full power, the full awareness. The words come to you automatically. The Gift of Faith is there. All of the gifts are in operation that need to be in operation. You don't sit there and wonder, well, am I going to get a word of knowledge? Am I going to know? You don't wonder about those things. Most Holy faith allows you confidence that the full ability of Christ is available to you because you're standing where He would stand and doing what He would do if He were here. So the full ministry of the believer and the full ministry of Christ becomes available to you because of most holy faith. So the ministry of the believer is more than speaking in tongues. You've got to have some more evidence to go with it or you haven't impressed me one bit. You've got something, but you're not using it. You had a one-time experience, but you're not making friends with the Holy Ghost. You've been empowered one time, but you're not allowing the Spirit of God to take over in your life the way he wants to. So it's a ministry of Jesus, which uses the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we come into the bit. The believer's ministry is more than speaking in tongues. It's a ministry of Jesus, which uses and employs the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues, we said... Increases our most holy faith. That is to do the deeper works of the spirit of God. It also keeps us in the love of God. And why is that important? Well devils will make you mad. (laughs) People will make you mad. The praying in the Holy Ghost keeps you in the love of God where you're not pulled out by any kind of foul spirit that would try to get you over in the flesh. How you think preachers can stand up there and lay hands on people over and over and over again and not get mad and want to go home? Man, I could sure put my feet up right now. You know, I mean, all that stuff hits you. It'll hit your mind and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore. Those thoughts will come to you but they're quickly extinguished by the presence of God. Got me? A most holy faith also keeps you in the love of God so that your faith will work. Your faith only works by love. If you don't have a love and a respect and a, 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 a desire to help those people who come up for prayer, you'll never do anything for God. Joanne can you hit that button and turn the oven off for me please thank you and open the doors to both of those ovens sorry about that I appreciate it but you know we we have to understand that we are human and flesh but God has clothed us and cloaked us in the mantle of the Holy Spirit to keep us functioning for him and keep us so once you step into that arena of the anointing that God has that you've learned how to work with can't just jump into people's stuff. I'm so glad people stopped that foolishness of I'm getting so and so's mantle, and God said, I'm, I'm gonna have come on now. Even Elisha didn't get, do you realize what it took for him to receive that prophet's anointing that he got? I'm going to tell you something else that people don't understand. I've seen people want to run in to somebody's ministry until they get tired of submitting and then run out and say they got everything. You notice Elisha didn't get it until when? The very last day and the last minute of that man's life. He had to stay faithful to him and he didn't get nothing. We've got so many people who have stayed I was with so and so's ministry, and I was you know always tug you know name dropping to make it look like they really are anointed. You know, sometimes you, you even you, you get mad at people, you know, is, is giving out certificates. You know, I went to so-and-so's evangelism school. Well, we know how you get empowered by God. You don't get it through a certificate. You get it through paying the price. Whatever God tells you to do, you've got to do. By the time, you know, he's finished training you... You know how to get up on time. You know how to get to every meeting. You know how to get there with a smile. You know how to not complain behind the prophet's back. You know how to do it. You understand? You done learn you pass all the hurdles, man. You are so hungry you don't have you don't have no beef with nothing no more. It's the truth. <laughs> there were guys in, in Elijah's ministry already. Elisha was only there like four years. What about all those sons of prophets that were born there and grew up under him? They would something wasn't right because they didn't get it. You can be in the presence of somebody that has the anointing and not get anything. Attitude. Well that's it's good anyway, whether you want to cash that check or not, it's a good check. Huh? It's a good check. Because it's written in truth. That's why we don't give certificates. I tell people I say if you call this ministry you call for life. <laughs> I don't know anybody that gets uncalled to a life of prayer and responsible prayer. You know, it's not what it says in Habakkuk 2. It just tells us, you know, God, call me and write the vision, make it plain and and wait for it because it won't lie. And so you got to be there praying and waiting for that vision to come to pass. <laughs> Even though it tarries, you might have to pass it down to your children, but it will soon, it will come to pass. You got me? And so this, this is a good way to think about the work of God. You don't drop in and drop out. He wants faithful people following him. And he will anoint faithful people. He will. Now, you know, people. some people wonder why believers, I'm going to stop with this. They wonder why God uses me. I, I pray for my parents. I pray for my, but he won't use me anyplace else. Mm-hmm. Because it's not for you to be used like that now. But you need to pray and ask God to use you other places if that's what he wants for you right now. Maybe he wants you to be like Moses who was faithful with his household first and then he moved him out. You got to pass the test of faithfulness. Well, I did pray for the goldfish and it died. Well, you got you to gotta pass goldfish test before you go out killing other strangers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you stay where God put you. Don't be so quick to want to advance and take your show on the road somewhere <laughs> where you can be wonderful and everybody will know you. Sometimes he's just making sure you're faithful where you are, so that you don't learn, you don't get in your system that you can abandon the work of God and just leave it. That that really displeases God. People who get up and run off and say God's telling them to go this other place and they never prosper there. You know, you you can't do that. You'll never see what God would make of you if you don't know how to stay put. And so God will increase us, folks. It shouldn't make any difference to you. You know what? I don't think it makes any difference to Benny Hinn if he's at a believers meeting or if he's what one of those big crusades. He going to have to stand there and preach. He's going to have to stand there and lay hands on people or get other people to go out and find him. He's going to ask them to share their tests. He's going to have to do the same routine no matter where he is. I'm sure he wants to reach as many people as he can for God. But look at all the people God uses. Look at all the people God uses. And I believe that that if, if leaders, especially prophets and people who carry an anointing that can be imparted to people, when you have the strength to impart and the calling to impart, if we can be faithful imparting to people and keeping them stirred up, to go out and do the ministry of the believer. Then we're doing our job folks. It can't be done by just a few great ones. You know that God wants to use that way. Because they don't stay out there forever. Oral Roberts was talked to Benny Hinn and, and told him he said well he said after about 12 years of doing this he said this will probably leave your life he said because that's the span for most of us you know it's 12 and out you can't stay under that You know, for some reason God will lift that after and they'll see it wane a little bit so forth and so on but it reaches its peak at that, that time and then they, they do other things they do other apostolic things and so we have to but the believers go on forever folks We you your show as believers never stops. There'll always be a neighbor. There'll always be a coworker. There'll always be a boss. There'll always be a somebody somewhere who will need the power of God in their lives, and that's what we're called to do. Amen. Father in heaven, we do thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Stir us up as believers, Lord. Help us to be diligent, Father. When we hear the word, we make note of it. We treat it as something precious good food that you've given us to eat and to absorb and and to grab on to these things because certainly you want us to use them I know you do or you wouldn't have called us to these great things in you we thank you for that privilege and that opportunity Lord in Jesus name amen and praise God